This is the Fathering Project podcast, Figuring It Out Together, where we tackle many challenges facing dads and father figures and explore fathering across all ages, from newborns to toddlers, school age and teenagers. We speak with experts in their fields to help you navigate solutions and positive outcomes for each stage of your fathering journey. Let's figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Fathering Project podcast. Katy Gapayar here, and today I'm very thrilled to be joined by award-winning journalist, commentator, and author Madonna King. In today's podcast, we will discuss raising teen girls, the current climate parents are facing with young girls having to grow up faster than ever before, and how we can best support them through their journey to becoming young women. Madonna has built expertise on the issues confronting teenage girls based on the research from her best-selling books, Being 14, Fathers and Daughters, and Teenager, and her recently released book, L Platers. She is sought by governments and corporations wanting to better understand this influential but vulnerable cohort. A fellow of the prestigious World Press Institute, she serves on a university-related board and previously served as a visiting fellow at the Queensland University of Technology and on the Walkley Advisory Board. She lives in Brisbane with her husband and two teenage daughters. Madonna, welcome and thanks so much for joining us today. Katie, thanks for having me. Uh, we are absolutely thrilled. Um, if you don't mind, we'll jump straight into the questions. Uh, I know our listeners are keen to hear your expertise. Now, you've done exhaustive national research into a generation of girls and young women with some fascinating findings. COVID times have obviously had a huge impact, and you speak to this in your new book, L Platers. Can you please share how the unprecedented last few years has impacted our daughters? Oh, Cuddy, it is phenomenal. And this worried me because I don't think our daughters have got their hands up saying, can I have your help? But I spoke to um, one of the interviews, apart from the thousand girls, was social demographer Mark McCrindle. And he said to me, our elderly might have been the most vulnerable from a health perspective, but from an economic and social perspective, the cohort that was hurt most during COVID was our teens. And there's a couple of ways. Let me give you three. One is when you and I were that age, we did stuff. We, we went on adventures. We made mistakes. We took calculated risks. We made misjudgments and we learned from them. That hasn't happened because all those adventures have been stolen from our teenagers. And as a result of that, uh, our girls are arriving in their jobs or at TAFE or at university acting more like 15 and 16 year olds. Um, I think that's one thing. The second thing is the high anxiety. And it was a principal in Adelaide who said to me, you know, it wasn't just in Melbourne where there was lockdown for 250 days. She saw it in Adelaide at her school to the increase in anxiety and she said it wasn't so much about lockdown but the uncertainty around lockdown will I get to have a formal won't I will I get to do this won't I will I be sacked from my part-time job or won't I and she saw a real increase uh, and I think that's continued to escalate and the last area the third one I'd mention is friendships I think there is so many teens who now feel isolated as a result of the on-again, off-again school and social functions that happened around COVID. 
Yeah, and um, did you? It's it's um, incredibly insightful. All this, um, the, the the findings that you have come across. Have you found that over the last two years, ha- families have actually become closer, and girls want to confine their parents more, or have they actually become more recluse? I think girls themselves or, or and boys have become more recluse in terms of their social activity. So, you know, university, while it's back, it's not really back for lectures. A lot is now delivered online. I think uh, a lot of dating, a lot of um, friendships have been let go because it was harder during COVID. But the beautiful little ray of sunshine, I thought, is, you know, I wrote a book called Being 14, and at that stage, mum is pretty much Lucifer in many families but I think um, I could see at 16 and 17 they want the advice of their parents again they don't quite know how to ask but they really actually value the time that we spend listening to them and that um, you know reclusiveness is where the issues arise of course with mental health and other things and the pressures of social media comes up a lot in your books Why do you think this is so and what can parents do to alleviate this pressure? Yeah, I would say that comparison is the disease of 2022. And social media, when you're 12 or 13, the problem may be bullying. As you get older, there's a whole lot of other things from pornography to a whole lot of things that I go into in my book. But one that is across the ages is the comparison it delivers. You know, our girls know that the pictures on social media are fake. You know, they're very bright, but it's hard when it's like wallpaper. They can't escape it. It's hard when the dark ads pop up on their screen. And by that, I mean um, advertisements that their parents don't see, that are there just for a couple of seconds that might uh, look at dresses like those they've been searching for. And they know the pictures aren't true, but it's really hard to escape. And if that's on a billboard on the way to school, you can talk to them about it. And schools do so much in this area. But if we don't know what they're seeing and they don't have that white space, I think it's really difficult. And I think one thing parents can can do is you know we're all caught up in instant gratification I find myself at the supermarket and you're waiting in a queue so you grab your phone and start flicking through it I think we need to teach them the importance of white space of just stopping for a moment of lying on the trampoline and ruminating of reading a book the old-fashioned way of having a cup of tea and actually enjoying the taste rather than scoffing it down on the way out the door and I think there's lots that parents can do but that is one thing that I think could make a real difference the other according to experts is to try to convince our older teens to stay away from their phone phone for the first 10 minutes when they wake up and we think well of course they can but how many do and if they can do it for 10 minutes they just stop and they center themselves likewise and it's harder but for 10 minutes before they go to sleep now that's hard for an 18 year old but I think it's really important yeah it's so hard for teens to switch off isn't it and um, always connected through as you say the phone through social media and even if they're not on social media, their friends who are on social media, it's um, really, really hard. And, um, you know, we really need to support our, our teens and our daughters, as you say. Related to this is the pressure surrounding friendship groups as well. So it's quite common for there to be tension amongst friendship groups as girls get older. How can we support our young girls to avoid the pitfalls of peer 
pressure with friends. It seems girls are more prone to that than boys are. Is that accurate or is that just anecdotal? No, absolutely. You know, um, oh, for one of my books, uh, a principal in WA said to me that um, if if a girl isn't invited somewhere, she will take it personally. But Johnny is not going to invite Tom surfing. If Tom is his cricket friend, he's going to invite someone who likes surfing. And, and his cricket friend's not going to be upset that he's not invited, whereas girls think it's almost a slight on them. In the same way that if a boy is told he didn't have a good game at football, he'll think, I didn't have a good game at football. A girl similarly will think, I'm not good at football. And so the way we handle this is really important. But I was hoping by year 11, friendship was sorted. And it came as a little bit of a heartbreak that it's not and and I think there's two things that happen in those final years of school one is girls have learnt to tolerate others and I think that's wonderful in a non-judgmental way right through high school then they see only a year to go or nine months to go and they think you know what I am not going to be into a forced friendship anymore and they let go of it and principal after principal told me that they can see that that then can create explosions in group at this time that is so vital to them academically the other is that in many schools and in many states girls are now turning 18 and boys halfway through years year 12 and that changes a dynamic where half the class can have drinks at their 18th birthday can go clubbing on the weekend can do things the little ones the 17 year olds can't and it is influencing friendship groups where they're leaving the younger ones and doing this or others are thinking you know she doesn't have the values I thought she had and I think uh, they are things that as parents we have to have rules around while they're still at school but also forewarn our children that this is likely to happen and how would they deal with that? Yeah, it's dealing with that disconnection, isn't it, to a certain extent as people grow up in different ways, as you say. That's um, yeah, very important point to note for parents to, to be aware of and to make their kids aware of as well. Now, one of your books focuses entirely on the relationship between fathers and daughters, which we love, of course. Uh, what did the girls in your study say about their fathers and how does that relationship change as they get older? Uh, I didn't like hearing this from them. But um, I think, you know, the role of dad is so important. And I liked that. But but it's almost more important than mum in some ways. Like, so I asked the girls to give me the adjectives that they loved about their dad. And let me give you four that I remember really clearly. Rational, hardworking, organized and calm. Now, Caddy, they didn't come up uh, a dozen times. They came up hundreds of times. They love that they see dad as less dramatic than mum. So one example, one quote a girl gave me was, mum overthinks things too much. She says, this might happen, then this might happen, then this might happen. Uh, it's like she's been having nightmares about things. And, and or if, um, um, dad asked me if I get a C in my maths, mum will get upset, which isn't un which is not fair because it's my mark. Dad will ask whether I need a tutor, and so while I didn't like hearing this as a mum because we do so much for our girls, they love the fact that dad is almost often a step removed. And principal said that too. One principal in Adelaide said to me. 
uh, I think it was Adelaide said to me that if they walk in on a Monday morning and there is an office full of women waiting to see him, he'll think it's an ordinary Monday. If there's a dad, he knows he may be half an hour away from calling the school lawyer. And what he was saying was fathers tend to get in at the last minute when it's a big problem, whereas mums often are over-invested or more invested in the minutia of their children's lives. So the ability of dad to actually just be chilled. And one girl gave me this example where she said, I said, how do you mean dad would help in a friendship issue? She drew me a picture and let's say it's, um, says Madonna's argument with Catty. Dad might draw that and say, all right, you're 14. You're, you're almost an adult. You can um, hop off your phone. You can pick up the phone to Caddy and ask to talk about it. You can send her a note saying, let's meet for a milkshake after school. You can do this, this, and this. You're 14, go work it out. Whereas mum might say, look, what did you say to her then? What did she say to you? Now, now, was a teacher listening when that happened? Do you want me to ring the school? And this girl said, dad gives me options to deal with it. And I don't think dads should underestimate their power there. That is so important. Thank you so much, Madonna. Your research confirms what we say, that dads bring a unique contribution to the table and that they need to be engaged and effective. Of course, their engagement is different to mums, but they need to be engaged as well because our daughters, our sons need them as much as they need their mums. Yes, and can I add one thing there, Caddy, is one thing they didn't like about Dad was that they believed that sometimes he parented according to gender, so he was more protective of her than her brother. And I would really ask dads to think about that because experts said to me, treating her as more vulnerable can lead to her being more vulnerable. She starts to think that in the head, that she's more vulnerable than a male. And I think that's a really important thing. While, while teenage girls may handle a situation differently to teenage boys, it does not mean they're more vulnerable. So, you know, give them a cup full of ambition and tell them to go take on the world because they can. Brilliant. That's such an insightful thing to say. Dad's listening. Please take note. Um, don't um, parent according to gender, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's fantastic insight, Madonna. Now, what are the three main things father can do to better engage with their tween and teen daughters? Oh, three. Can I give you four? Absolutely. Okay, so the first thing is to say sorry more often. You know, we don't often hear dad say sorry. Mum says it all the time. And so we know there's, it helps an emotional connection. One girl said to me that she really didn't get on with her dad after their parents divorced until at 15, he sat down and he said, you know, I'm sorry, Dal. I didn't want it to turn out like this. You know, there's no fault. It's certainly not your fault, but I'm sorry it ended this way. And she said that was the day she knew she could talk to her dad because he had shown a vulnerability. And I think that's so value, valuable. The second thing is, if your daughter knows you made mistakes at her age, then she's going to know it is not a forever mistake if she makes one. And she's more likely to come to you and ask your advice. So explain how you got things wrong at that age so that she feels if she gets something wrong, she can say, hey, dad, help me out here. The third thing is, 
Um, while girls love talking to mum, overwhelmingly my research showed they like doing something with dad. Now when they're little, that's like going for the first swim of summer in the pool. With When they get older, it's things like going for a walk or a bike ride or a park run, but actually doing something physical. And I think girls who actually did things physically with their dad spoke about him and their relationship in a much warmer way. And it may be even dad being the, the swimming coach or the football coach or going to those events and then walking home together. But I think that's really valuable. And the last thing is, you know, I just think dads are so underestimated and I think they underestimate themselves. Some of them describe their role more as holding the barbecue tongs at the family barbecue than actually being an equal parent. And I think you can teach them so much about strategy and planning and what's a big issue and what's a small issue, as well as things like change a tire, read a weather map, what a business plan looks like, how to chair a meeting. Now, it doesn't mean that mums can't do all of those things. Of course they can. But from my research, they are things that it is shown that dads can do very well. Brilliant. That's such great suggestions, simple and very, very effective. Sometimes it can feel like teen girls come from a whole other world to their dads. <laughs> um, and the relationship can be hard to navigate, but those simple, four simple things that fathers can do will make such a difference. Um, thank you so much, Madonna. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us today. Thank you for sharing some of those key insights with us and giving us a glimpse into the world of our teen girls so we can better support them as parents. Listeners, we encourage you to check out Madonna's new book, El Platers, as well as her other fabulous books. The links will be on the Fathering channel. Thanks again, Madonna. Everything you said was music to the Fathering Project's ears, and we hope to have you back again soon. Caddy, thank you.